0: Sings my.
1: just love him right now lord we love you today we worship you we thank you for your grace you are the almighty you're the beginning and the end the root and the offspring of david the bright morning star lord what a privilege it is to stand before your people tonight the purchase of your blood have this moment lord in your presence Lord, to feel your anointing come down upon the Word as you speak to your people. Will you just minister life to them, Lord? You know the needs of every person, every situation, every problem. I pray that you'll minister them in a very wonderful way tonight. You'll deal with their hearts, deal with their lives. Call your bride to the attention of the Word, Lord. If one's out of step tonight, May they get in step with the Word. Oh, God, their hearts be changed in your presence. Heal and deliver your people, Lord. There's many sick and needy. Lord, just as we were praying just a moment ago, little sister Danita slipped across the curtain of time. Now she's a well woman, Lord, and healthy. No more sickness, no pain. But pardon, Lord, us as we sorrow, We just realize, Lord, it's a little bit of grief here down in our hearts realizing one is not with us anymore. I pray you'll comfort Sister Dolly and uh, the mother and and, and uh, Sister Donna and all the family. God, you know every need. I pray that you'll just speak to your children tonight, minister them in this very loving way, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord together. What a privilege it is to serve the Lord together with you. Amen. To be here. And yeah, it is my birthday and I wasn't supposed to say I was 68, but <laughs> at least they didn't turn it around and say I was 86. So, you know, we're we're, um, we're here I, and, and I'm really privileged tonight to be here with um, my my best friends, three my best friends in the whole wide world, and brother brother Timothy, my my son, I, I tell you, he didn't he do awesome last night, amen. 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 Brother Donnie Reagan will be ministering tomorrow, and and I tell you, we we love him. He's uh, been a real friend of mine for. Over 35 years, we've we preached in Africa together, and many conventions around uh, the country, and and uh, we're just privileged to have a, my very bosom friends with me tonight. God bless you, brother Donnie, and of course, um, y'all know brother Ron. Amen. I I preached with him in over 70 conventions around the world that we have been able to minister in together, and. And uh, he's a man that God is using now more than ever. Amen. Using him in ways that he has never been used before. And we want to thank the Lord for that. Amen. I'm going to let you be seated just for a minute because I got just a couple of more things I want to say. I can't spend much time because, um, you know, I'll take enough time as it is. Um, Amen yeah some of these guys here they got a reputation of being long-winded but not me yeah. i i just kind of you know their reputation gets rubbed off on me you know how it is but um i just wonder you know i i i, I just thought it was amazing you know we had um so many from evening light tabernacle and Mendon, there to come and be with us this weekend. How many of our folks are here? Will you stand to your feet so we can recognize you tonight? Amen. Alright. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. Brother Kenneth Middleton is back there and the devil tried to kill him on the way down and his van caught on fire. He's in a wheelchair there and You know, the devil's tried to kill him so many times. He's had about 30 30 something stents put in his heart and cancer and, you know, COVID couldn't kill him and nothing else could take him. Well, fire tried to wipe him out on the way down here. He's still here anyway here tonight. (laughs) Amen. So we love you and we appreciate you and Uh, Looking around and see how many of you that are here this weekend, it makes me wonder, is there anybody at home? (laughs) Who's who's minding the (laughs) store? Amen. But it's so good to be together with you. We were here um, back in January with the the passing of Brother Charlie Spencer, and we loved him and appreciated him. And one by one, it seemed like they crossed the, the, the curtain, but one glad day, we're going to be all gathered together again. No more parting, no more sorrow, no more trouble. Amen. What a glorious day that will be. Amen. We love you and we appreciate you very much. So if you'll stand with me as we read the word tonight, let's go to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1. Amen. And. and Brother Donnie, I know you enjoyed Brother Philip's singing, but you can't have him. <laughs> Amen. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Then turn with me to Genesis chapter 18, and we'll read from verse 1. And the Lord appeared unto him, speaking of Abraham, in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw, him, saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now... I have found favor in thy sight. Pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and and wash your feet, and rest yourself under the tree. I will fetch a morsel of bread, and, and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on. For therefore are you come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal needed and and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man and he hastened to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree And they did eat, and they said unto him, Where is Sarah, thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of the women. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am old shall I have found pleasure, my Lord being old also. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. And then one more scripture for your seated Luke chapter 17, verse 29. We'll read from there. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Notice this is not when the Son of Man comes, but when the Son of Man is revealed. Amen. God bless you. can be seated. I'm going to speak tonight on um, investigating angels. Investigating angels. Now, the book of Genesis is the seed chapter, we well know. And whatever was planted in Genesis, it comes to harvest in the end time. And, uh, of course, um, Jesus, Jesus told us about that with the sower going forth to to sow seed. But actually, not only is the New Testament, and this, the, as he said, the sower is the son of man. So the son of man has actually been sowing seed down through the age. And so looking at that, we understand that this, uh, the, the Bible is actually prophecy. It's more than a book of history. It is prophesying of the end time. And uh, so this is why it would say as it was in the days of Lot, because he's telling us that Lot was more than just a story in the Bible, but that it was, it was um, a prophecy of the end time. So will it be when the Son of Man is revealed. And there was uh, the revealing of the Son of Man and, and doing so. And in that time, the investigating angels, Brother Branham would many times call them investigating angels of judgment. And of course, he would hear the, the cry of the sodomites and the sin and come down to see. And of course, that was investigation. He was also investigating Lot, and there would be um, where he would find, look, he's investigating, he's finding 10 righteous, or less than 10, actually, you know, the righteous pulling them out. And then, of course, um, not only that, but he was investigating with Abraham and Sarah. A lot of times we just think him looking at um, the, the sodomites and maybe Lot a little bit, but actually he's doing even more than that. He's investigating Abraham and Sarah because somehow Sarah has to get on board with the promise. She has to start believing and the church was represented um, by lot had to get out of sodom and abraham was watching because you know he was under expectation so here is the church of abraham and uh, there's part of them under expectation and and part of them that are just in the tent without an expectation and you know there's all kinds of conditions And Abraham is watching because he's looking for another appearing of the angel of God. Of all the uh, the experiences that he had had before then, he is now about to receive um, uh, the greatest crowning uh, appearing that God would make to him. And where he was to be crowned with an experience of being changed to receive the promised son. So this was the greatest of all appearings. He had already appeared to him and gave him the divine call. That's justification. And then the blood offering, which was sanctification, he led him to that and appeared to him and told him how to offer the sacrifice. As Melchizedek, King Theophany, had revealed himself and served him bread and wine, as El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, What we heard about last night, more than enough. And so as El Shaddai, it types out the pouring out of the Holy Ghost. But now it crescendos into God being manifested in flesh, in human flesh. This would be the capping off of all the visitations of Elohim. You see, God had led him from the earth, the Chaldeans, appearing to him in the land of his father, and, and this would cause Abram, the idol worshiper, to start seeking a, a city whose builder and maker is God. And all of this, these visitations from the age of 75, whether by voice or by dream or by visions uh, and visitations, this was now the greatest because God would now take on flesh and he would come and, and would manifest himself in a more real, more physical way, for here it was like the fullness of all the manifestations of the divine presence of God where the Word, it, it would be like, and it was actually prefiguring where the Word was made flesh in Jesus Christ. And let me say that the appearance of God in this last day is again a culmination of all the appearings, it is the highest point of the visitations of God since the day of Pentecost. And it's not a mere baptism of the Holy Ghost, but rather it's a chapping off of the pouring out of the entire deity of God into his bride body. And so in disappearing to Abraham, there were three theophanies that stepped in the, uh, there are three theophanies that stepped into bodies that gathered from the elements of the earth, bodies that were gathered from the elements of the earth and came and appeared unto Abraham. Now God was showing in types and shadows here that in the last days, theophanies are about to enter into view. And, and when we see them, we're going to be changed and receive Christ, the promised Son of God. So you see, it's actually prophesying that the are about to come into view. You are a people that are about to see what other ages only long to see, and that is that we are to receive not only the promised Son, but the come from that other realm And when we see them, we'll be changed to be like them. And in order to do that, there are going to be people that has to be expecting his appearing. That love his appearing. For as he said in 2 Timothy 4 and 8, that henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me of that day. And not to me only, but to also all those that love his appearing. There's going to be people loving his appearing. Now, his, his appearing, Brother Branham explained to us, is was, was different from his coming. They're two different things. You see, but this is not, the, the appearing is not his corporal return, but it's where that he comes down and manifests himself in a spiritual manner there as he reveals himself and takes on mask in this end time. I'm talking about flesh. Amen. That he'll wrap himself behind dust. Now, this is the end time where angels are appearing. And, and they, as they appear among us, they are investigating. They're looking for the evidence of holiness. They're looking for the evidence of the Holy Ghost being in your life. They are examining and looking for the evidence of faith. They are looking for those that are ready to marry the bridegroom who love the Lord with all their heart, with all their might, with all their soul. So, you know, again, Brother Brandon would tell us in in many different sermons about Abraham. This is one of his his main theme as he picks up this prophecy that is laying in the seed chapter. And he says, remember Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said the same thing would repeat again. As it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man that God would be working through human flesh, doing the same thing that he did then. Oh, God, help us to wake up. The day of visitation is here. You say, oh, well, God doesn't send angels anymore. The Holy Spirit is that angel. The Holy Spirit is that person. Amen, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, he, the Holy Ghost, when he comes, he will do the works that he did. He will be with us, even in us. And he would bring all things to our remembrance that he had been taught and would show us things to come. The works that I do shall he do also. Now we're living in that day. We're living in that time. I'm telling you tonight, we are living in the most awesome hour. Amen, Word that God is revealing himself in this day in a very spectacular way. Now, the, when, when the Holy Ghost dispensation came in, Brother Brandon said, it come in and continues on and will continue on by the administration of angels to the, to the church, truly, but they're ordained spirits of God sent to carry things out. And he said, it'll speak and testify of Jesus Christ, and it'll produce Jesus Christ to this people. Now, under this administration, they will visit homes. They will visit churches. How many times did Brother Branham say that angels were walking up and down, stopping by every pew, and they're investigating. They're looking for somebody that will believe. Somebody that is ready to receive him. There's somebody with me. Amen. And they visit home and they stir the people. And then Brother Branham said it this way, may the angels of God come down into this city, the cities round about and throughout the country and visit homes and stir the people. Amen. Oh, my. Did you know Brother Branham said that when, when you feel that, that certain feeling coming by you, he said, you're actually bumping into angels. Amen, that they're here in every service. They're here in this service tonight and they are investigating. They're looking, there at your life, looking, looking, expecting. Remember, even Jesus said, when the Son of Man cometh, will I find faith? I'm gonna be looking for faith. There's going to be an investigating that is going on, and I am looking for somebody who will believe me. Now, God has always used angels in his work. All the way down from the earliest parts in Genesis, they've had angels in every dispensation. And you know, theologians that say to Brother Branham, they criticized him because he was the only one of them of all of the divine healers that went forth that was visited by an angel, commissioned by an angel. I often say to people, you got problems with this message, you got problems with the angel. This was not Brother Branham's message, amen. This was the angel, the very angel that discerned the hearts. Amen the very angels that knew your trouble, your problem, knew your name. That never failed, that was always right. Is somebody with me tonight. Amen, so if you got problem with this message, you got problem not with William Branham, you have got problem with the angel. Even when it would come down to the seals, he said, I was about to make a horrible mistake. I was going over to some of my old notes and things and thought I would preach on that and what this one said and that one said. And about that time, the angel of God came into the room and straightened out my thinking. We have a message that has been delivered by the angel. But this theologian said to Brother Branham, said, you keep talking about that angel. That's an error, son. God don't lead the church by angels anymore. It's the Holy Spirit that leads the church in the last day. He said, that's true, but they're still angels. Amen. I said, well, it's not the New Testament doctrine, Brother Branham. He said, oh, oh, sure it is. You believe the Virgin Mary was in the New Testament when the angel Gabriel was up there? So, said, well, yeah, but that was before the Holy Ghost came. Well, what well, about you believe Philip had the Holy Ghost? Well, yes. Well, he told them to go down to Samaria to the desert in Gaza for, for the eunuch of Ethiopia. Wasn't that the angel of the Lord? It was the angel of the Lord. Amen, not the Holy Spirit. He said, you you believe that St. Paul had the Holy Ghost? Sure, Peter had the Holy Ghost. Amen, Peter's laying in prison, going to have his head cut off the next day. And an angel walks into his prison and breaks the chain, opens up prison doors. Somebody help me preach if he did it then he will do it now he'll break every chain every chain of darkness every chain of unbelief hallelujah and he'll say get up from there where you're laying in your depression and your unbelief and walk out of your prison cell i've opened the door for you hallelujah there was paul after 14 days and nights no moon no star you know nothing to show And and everything was lost and he said the angel of god sits stood by my side there and he said listen stay with the ship everyone that stays with the ship is going to be saved that's what the angels saying tonight don't leave the ship don't leave the message amen don't leave it because everyone that stays with the message amen they're going to make it safely through don't try to make it on your own don't get out of here in the world don't try to be the storm by yourself stay with the angel and his message Angels of God are ministering spirits sent from the presence of God. Ministering spirits sent from his presence. And it's not just men. God visited women with angels. By the way, in the last day, he don't just pour out his spirit on men, but on my sons and daughters. Amen. Amen. God sent an angel to to Hagar, to the mother of Samson, to Mary, the mother of Jesus, to women at the tomb of Jesus announcing the resurrection. And angels came not just to great people, but to humble shepherds. You don't have to be great for an angel to come to you. Amen. You don't even have to be a, a Christian for angels to come to you. A wayward man, a sinner by the name of Jacob. Amen. The one that was called supplanter, deceiver. And that angel would lead him step by step into the place where he wrestled it out with the angel and his name was changed. Amen. He he even goes after wayward preachers. To Moses, a wayward prophet at 80 years old, showing it's never too late to start serving God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, amen. An angel would even come to a false prophet by the name of Balaam, and he would straightly charge him, don't you try to curse my elect. Amen, God's got an interest in his people. Amen, he would appear to Gideon inspiring in him with faith and courage to deliver God's people well, from bondage. He would tell him things about himself he didn't even know. You're a mighty man of valor. He had never thought of himself before as that. In fact, the matter is he really had never become that till the angel told him. Cause the angel knows how to bring out things in your life. You didn't even know were there. He would appear to Isaiah giving him, showing him the throne and the temple and to Ezekiel giving him revelation to Daniel and he would say to Daniel, oh, something I want to hear him say about me, you're greatly beloved. And that's what the angel's message says to you tonight. You're greatly loved of God. To Cornelius, telling him to go to Joppa, to Peter and get Peter, a Gentile, he, Cornelius was, to show, get, get Peter to show you the way of salvation. It would go and, and there would, would give straight to Paul, as we said, facing the storm, telling him he would survive. He would meet him on the Isle of Patmos of the John, and there are anointings, uh, anointing angels or living creatures with faces like a lion and an ox and a man and an eagle and you happen to be anointed by one of those four tonight the eagle hallelujah the flying eagle oh hallelujah amen one that don't have to worry about crossing the river you're not earthbound creatures you can fly in the heavenlies where all things are possible amen angels contend with the devil Amen, Michael did over the body of, of Moses. Angels fought and contended with the devil when, when um, Gabriel was hindered by Satan who was, and, and when he was trying to bring revelation to Daniel and Michael had to come and aid him. God's enters didn't get in revelation to his people. Come on, he'll fight to get to you. That's how concerned he is about you. Amen to be to know that you are on board, that you have received that revelation. This God will, will fight on your behalf. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, Amen. They, they appeared to John revealing the same lampstands as what was revealed to Zechariah. In Revelation 12, he leads uh, angel leads the fight and where angelic battles become human, and and there is the casting down of Satan. Their angels strengthened Jesus on two occasions, one after the battle in the wilderness and the other at Gethsemane. Amen, angels are given charge over us. And even, even Jesus, with just a command, just a word of command, he could have called 12 legions of angels who were standing by ready to defend him. Amen. I, th- that's exactly what you, where you stand here tonight. Amen. Because it's not only for Jesus, but it's for us. He hath given his angels charge over us. Is that right? Amen. Lest we dash our foot against the stone. Oh, the devil tried to use that, but that's still our scripture. Amen. But it's, but it's not only for Jesus, it's for us. And in the last day, he stands up for his people. In that day, Daniel 12, 1, at that time shall Michael stand up. The great prince that standeth for the children of thy people. And there'll be a time of trouble as such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. Amen, the angel of God in our day has stood up to defend this people, amen, and he will deliver everyone whose names are found written in the book. You are not alone. You are not in this battle alone. Hallelujah, we have come to a new Jerusalem. Amen, where well, there are thousands upon thousands of angels, innumerable angels. Angels are always present. Amen. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray open this boy's eyes. Remember that? Amen. And Brother Bradham told us when that happened there, he said God didn't send angels there. They were already there. He just opened the eyes where they can see them. Amen, you're never alone. Amen. Never alone. You see, angels have a lot to do with guidance to our prepared places. He said, behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. Angels anoint men to preach. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth. Angels anoint men. Amen. At his coming, he will send angels with the great sound of the trumpet and gather the elect from the different directions, the four directions. And let's not forget the mighty angel of Revelation 10. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It is the same angel of God that met Moses in the first Exodus, and he's here in the third exodus to take a people out of here. Come on, somebody. Amen. An anointing come down. Amen. It ought to make us realize we don't have to leave a hook behind that we can say we're all going. Amen. We're taking our loved ones, our children, our family, our mothers, our dads. Come on, the wayward, the backslid.
0: Hallelujah. He will seek till you find you. He's not going to leave one of you alone.
1: Brother Branham said it's the theme of my meetings, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever because it was Jesus Christ that Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ greater than the treasures of Egypt. That was Christ, amen, the logos, not Jesus. Amen, the physical body hadn't been born yet, but but Christ was always there. Somebody help me preach. It was Jesus Christ. He was in a pillar of fire. That same was the same angel that was in that bush burning the same pillar of fire. And he has been guiding angel, the guiding angel through the years. Oh, I'm glad for that. And he wants to visit your home. He wants to come by your way. He wants to visit you in your seat. He wants to walk down your aisle. He wants to be in this church. And he's investigating, looking for somebody that'll believe him. Amen. I remember when he visited our house. I remember that day when my wife was blind and couldn't see after having a brain bleed. That's been about eight years ago. And they're feeling sorry for herself, and able to go to the bathroom by herself, and all of that kind of thing, and was wondering about her life, and so on. And, and she was blind, and in her, in her peripheral vision, the doctor said, well, we'll make some glasses, maybe you might get some back, or whatever, but it's really kind of hopeless, and, and my, my daughter had a little 18-month-old baby that Brother Ron had seen a vision of walking, and and there he had a, an underdeveloped hip was able to stand or walk or crawl or couldn't stand alone by himself he, he would hold on and just totter like that you know and couldn't take a step she came bethany came in that day and set the baby down at the end of the bed and the moment my wife began to turn from feeling sorry for herself and began to have a praise come out of her heart and began to worship god and, the angel of God comes sweeping over her. Her sight came back, came on down to the end of the bed and a baby who had never been able to crawl or walk jumped up and ran all over my house. The angel will visit you tonight, but he's looking for somebody to believe him. He's investigating. Hallelujah. Glory. The Bible said when when Abraham saw the angels appearing, he ran from the tent door. And bowed himself to the ground. He ran. He had a passion. He must not pass me by. I must get a hold of him tonight. I've got to have him. And he bowed before him. Amen. Before the ground, a sound sign of submission and reverence, of humility, and recognizing greatness. In 1946, the angel of God appeared to Brother Branham, sent him out with a gift of divine healing. You know, a lot of the critics want to say, well, William Branham, he just tried to make himself Elijah. Let me tell you something. God said it on the Ohio river, but if you just read a little history, Gordon Lindsay tells it in a man sent from God, two different occasions, the Pentecostals, Jumped up in Brother Branham's meetings, never had been in a meeting before, and jumped up and prophesied, and, uh, and one speaking tongues, and another, another interpreter say, "As John the Baptist, as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ, you're sent with a message to forerun the second coming of Christ. How, as John the Baptist, how did John come? In the Spirit and the power of Elijah." So you see, it wasn't Brother Branham saying, I'm Elijah. Even God said through their own lips that this is Elijah. And he said to turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. In those meetings, he found resistance to the angels' message of divine healing. And uh, the old formal established churches It got to a place they didn't believe in miracles. Even among the Pentecostals, the assembly of God, one of them uh, there, I think it was in Little Rock, uh, Brother Branham tells about it that that he treated him, the worst I've ever been treated anywhere was by an assembly of God preacher. And he said, "I went to the pastor and asked him to borrow some pews because we needed, we needed more seats for the tent, and and we we were running out of the seating room." And he said, "Uh uh-huh, I'm not loaning my my seats or my my bitches or nothing to this this radical stuff or this angel coming to a prophet. I'm not doing that. I, I'm not supporting that. You see, he only even received." Um, resistance even among the Pentecostals themselves. You know, and because, you know, many of them, these old formal established churches, had got to a place where they no longer believed in miracles, they were just not happening in their churches. And so to excuse themselves of being void of the power of God they felt with their superior knowledge of the word, they were just too advanced for the supernatural. And they thought the supernatural was only for an infant church. That if you were really established in the word, you know, you were just too dignified to believe in childish things. That was their thinking. During his rest between revivals, Brother Branham went up to British Columbia and tired and weary after hours upon hours of prayer lines. He spent days away from the pressures of those meetings and refreshing himself miles from the civilization up there in British Columbia. He got up there and began to chase a grizzly bear. He said, I just want to see him. So he said, I was on my horse and I was I was chasing this grizzly bear on a horse and Want to see the old fellow. And I got turned around up in the mountains, and I got kind of cloudy, and the snowstorm was coming. And, and he said I couldn't see, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, could, I found my directions which way to go back because you know there was um, nothing for hundreds of miles, no roads or anything. And and said I was on my way back, and I was riding about nine o'clock, and I come to an old burnover. He said, how many knows what a burnover is? It's uh, where the fire has all the wood down and everything like that. Just a big old tree standing all split and the, the sap all burn off of them, the bark. And you're standing there looking at big old stately trees. And, and I looked there and first thing you know, it was, the, it was the most spookiest place I'd ever come to. I saw the moon shining on them big old white trees and, you know, the bark off of them and they're dead and, I said, it looked like a, grave storm, a graveyard with a lot of tombstones. And, and, and the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, just stop here for a minute and observe. And oh, he he's you know, within this self, I'm hurry. I, I'm starved. I need to get back. And, and, uh, but he just stopped for a little bit and watched. And, and he began to hear the wind come down from heaven and pass through them. And the trees went, oh. I thought, talk about a lonesome, spooky place. Lord, what do you want me to stop right here? And the wind would come again. Ooh. And he said, he began to think of the scripture in the book of Joel, what the palm worm left, the canker worm eaten. What the caterpillar left, the canker worm eaten. And he thought, he said, yeah, that was once a great forest. And there were great green trees. And. They were just like a bunch of churches, great big spires like that with what uh, look like tombstones. And he said the, the spiritual thermometer a thousand degrees below zero. Walk in there and somebody say amen, and they turn around and the pastor get a deacon and take him outside the door. What are you interrupting me when you're hollering? You're interrupting me when you're hollering amen. Well, he said you interrupt me when you don't holler amen. And he said, I looked at them tombstones just as dead as a tombstone, and then said there was no spirit in it whatsoever. And I thought they're just a bunch of tombstones. He said, no doubt once were big churches, fine trees of Methodist and Methodists and Baptists and, you know, Pentecostal, or whatever, and they were, but but now they're, they're been burnt over and scorched by a fire and And he said, I I happen to think, you know, they were big churches one time, but now God can send an old-time Pentecostal revival, and all the churches do is just mourn when it hits them. They're stiff, and they're dead, and they can't move. They just go, hmm, there's no such thing as divine healing. Divine healing is gone. Days of miracles are past. No such thing as gifts of the spirit. Just the poor, poor and the Holy Ghost moving right through the members. Oh, we don't believe in that. Well, that's fanaticism. We're churches. We got ritual. We're recorded. But he said, brother, you're dead. Just a bunch of ritualistic tombstone. The only thing you can do is moan and cry. But God sent a revival just the same. And, and he said, I, I thought, you know what? The pommel were made, the caterpillar ate, the locusts eaten, and what the Baptist left, the Nazarene eaten, what the Nazarene left, the Pentecostal eating, the old thing's eaten down. Yeah. And he said, uh, he goes on and talks about it. He said, uh, I said, oh God, what do we do? And then he said, I, I got to thinking about the furthers of, of the book of Joel. That said, over in the second chapter of Joel, said, I will restore, saith the Lord. And I thought, and he said, How God are you gonna restore that? Bunch of tombstones, dead. You know, here he's been in meetings and trying to preach. An angel came, divine healing. God's appearing among us. And he's bringing deliverance. He's showing signs of his power and doing all of that. And yet they're, they're, they're rejecting it. And he said, how in the world are we going to have a restoration there? And he said, look there at the old dead thing in the old stump. With the moon shining on it and moaning and groaning and it can't give no life in it and the wind goes and it comes and it goes woo woo. You can't I said you can't make that thing move, Lord. They hadn't got any substance. It hadn't got no life about it. It's all dried up and gone. How can you have revival in these old cold formal churches? First place it won't let you in the pulpit to preach this kind of a gospel. Oh, the guy, he's a holy roller. Don't want nothing to do with him. Mm. The members bring you in. All right, but I'll have to consult the the board and the deacons and all them and this. And when he goes through that, no, no, no. Right down the road, don't tell me. He said, I've been there. Amen. Amen. He said, no, none of that in our church. You just tear our church to pieces. And so he, he, he said as he looked there and he was watching, he said, Lord, What are you wanting me to see? I I can't see how you're gonna restore these old dead churches. But he said directly, I heard something going frolic, 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 frolic. And I thought, what is that? And he said, there was some undergrowth coming up, some little bitty trees. Said, there you are, Lord, I will restore, saith the Lord, right in that same forest come up an undergrowth that they call backwash today, that they call fanaticism today. But look at the difference. When the wind hits these, amen, the these say mm. But when it hits them little green trees that's got life in it, it just frolics and jumps up and down. An old-fashioned Holy Ghost revival. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. for he said I will restore saith the Lord amen he said God wants to restore the faith that was once delivered to the saints he investigated this age and said you gotta have more faith your hearts have gotta be turned back to faith again so he sends an angel to turn your heart Amen. Like he did up in the upper room when the angel of God appeared there that time. They got life and went to the windows and doors and out on the street and they acted like a bunch of maniacs and screamed and, and staggered and hollered and everything else like a bunch of drunk people. Amen. And they said that uh, these men are full of new wine. And Brother Benham said, the, the Blessed Virgin Mary, you Catholic people, said what's in there, And he said, if God Almighty required the Blessed Virgin Mary and wouldn't let her come to heaven till she got that experience, how are you going to get in with anything short of that? The peering of angels is investigating angels of judgment. Jesus is looking for faith. The angels are looking for those who sigh and cry. For the abominations that are done in the city. Amen. Amen. Mystic lights are in the sky. Brother Brandon said they don't know what they are. He had his own insight to them. He said, you know what I'm thinking? Jesus said before the, when it comes, before he comes, there will be signs in the heavens above. Did you notice before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sex affairs, he sent angels down to investigate it. Angels has come to the earth in the last few years. They've been seen among the people. I mean honest, blood-washed people who knows it? they've even stood and had their pictures taken. That's right. Angelic beings has visited, taken word back to the Father that sin is heaped to the house. The stars can hardly shine. The moon, the whole world's a-reeling like a drunk man coming in at night. That's right. Amen, but I believe he's got more to tell than that. There's reports going back. That there is a people that are on earth that are love your appearing. They're looking for you. They want to see him in every service. They want to see him in their lives. They want him in their homes. They want him in their marriage. Hallelujah. Oh, they want to take the commandments of God and make them of none of fact. Say the days of miracles are past. There's no such thing as the Holy Ghost. No such thing as divine healing. No such thing as visit of angels. Amen. I've been in meetings with Brother Ron and people walk up and say, God doesn't visit with angels. He doesn't do that. He only did that in Brother Brown's meetings. Where'd you get that lie? Well, God don't send angels no more. Well, when did God die and leave you in charge? There's no such thing as miracles. We've seen too many miracles to know that there are miracles. I'm a miracle, you're a miracle. Hallelujah. But when you explain all the supernatural away from the Bible, you take God out of the church by your traditions. There's got to be an attitude of believing. You're going to have to believe in angels before they can help you. God can't work against your unbelief. Some weeks ago, I preached on, on Under the Oak Tree. I talked about Sodom is too hot. Sodom has, uh, has the atmosphere heated up. The smoke has been released out of hell. The bottomless pit is open. The stench of sin is heavy. Somebody help me preach. Amen. That's exactly right. And, and and Brother Brandon said the lid has literally come off of hell. Amen. Streams of demon power is pouring from everywhere. It's conquered the nations. It's conquered our nation. It's conquered politics till it's rotten to the core. It's conquered the churches till they know nothing but denomination. You say, are you a Christian? I'm Methodist. Are you a Christian? I'm Pentecostal. And let me add, oh, I belong to a message church. He said, that don't mean any more than saying I'm a pig or a hog or a horse or something has nothing to do with it. You're, not a, you're a Christian when you're born again and filled with the Holy Ghost and not until that, you're yielded completely to the spirit. If you're not yielded, then you're not born again and you don't have the Holy Ghost. And you might speak in tongues and shiver and jump and run and do all kinds of, Paul said, I can move mountains with faith. I can heal the sick. I can have knowledge of the Bible. I can go to seminary. I can learn all this stuff and I'm nothing yet. Oh my, talk about lid off the kettle. Demons going around powers of the devil under the name of Christianity, teaching for doctrines and commandment of men, theological seminary doctrines, leaving the Bible alone, hallelujah. He said, who is able to, who is strong enough, who is wise enough, who is powerful enough to tame this legion that's stripping the clothes off of our women in the name of preachers, Methodist, Baptist, even Pentecostal. Amen. And brothers, I want you to say, it's not just what you preach, it's what you don't preach. Are you with me? Painting their face like Jezebel, bobbing their hair, wearing pants like men. Our preacher's not enough. Get up about him to tell him about a devil possessed. It was a legion notorious clothes off of him. Who is this roaring devil? I'm telling you, friends, we've got an atmosphere out there that is hot. Hell has enlarged its mouth. Sin is encroaching our churches. Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. You know, uh, that we have seen now sin and unholiness creep in. Women with skirts so tight. You wear these, I'm quoting the prophet, you wear these little tight skirts that are so tight, going down the street so tight to the skins on the outside and call yourself holiness women. Is that the way a daughter of God would act? Clothes way above the knees, topped off with painted nails. Wearing your makeup. And preachers saying, uh, you know, you're, you're wearing just a little bit too much makeup. I can, I, I, you know, I, it's beginning, you know, to show. A little bit too much. Look at the modern one today, a little skin down dress that ever formed. She can't move without sinning. This is the message. Walking, tipping down the street with makeup and cosmetic and, and cosmetics a Max Factor can put on her nearly and fixing her hair like some little girl and wear a little skirt just up above her knees that she got on any at all. But you look at her, she's pretty. Satan knows how to do it. He's the author of beauty, that type of beauty which results in sin. I may be going out on a limb right here and if it is, your pastor can cut it off. But anyway, you know, I, I see a new style rising up out of hell. Of these leggings, these worldly women that wear them and show every form of their body. And, you know, those that try to be a little more modest, they wear a T-shirt, you know, about down here, you know, just so, you know, and... and, and uh, just enough to cover their bottom. But now it's coming in with our girls. With a skirt that barely covers a knee, if at all. And then they sit and expose themselves to their thigh or their crotch and think they're covered. No, they're not covered. And for people that are expecting on appearing, How can we, when angels don't visit places where holiness and modesty and righteousness don't abound? Uh, and I, I thought it was wonderful. You know, Brother Branham, uh, as we, as so many came out of the, the holiness move and, you know, couldn't wear a wedding ring, and Brother Branham said, you should. And, you know, and then they actually can we, can we wear, wear a little necklace, you sisters, and, and said, yes, you know, you can wear a little necklace. But he said, don't look like that you walked into a dime store, a 10-cent store with a magnet on the wedding ring and I, I get the necklace that the prophet of god told you you could wear but where where uh, this magnet you got on got you got one on your toe now and one on an ankle bracelet all kinds of other things you know ever jangle and bangle and everything else Well, Brother Tim, you know, you're not one of these modern preachers. You got that right? I still believe in holiness. Are you with me? How are you gonna run to meet him and you got the world written all over your life? And the same thing with your boys picking up every kind of fad that there is. Amen. Abraham ran to meet him. Amen. Look at the passion. Look at the passion when he saw the angel. He must be. He must be. He must be persuaded to stop. He must not pass us by. Brother Branham said young men will sign up for the military and fight their battles and, and they can be great men of courage and give their lives for the country and they stick their head up and let somebody shoot it off. But he said, seldom will you find one that'll lay down his life for the cause of Christ. He won't even crawl out of his shade tree to go to church. Won't even get out from behind the television long enough to attend a Wednesday night prayer meeting. That's a disgrace. It's a shame. That's the reason angels don't visit the churches. That's the reason angels don't visit homes. We got to get down to deep sincerity of this thing. The angels of God are here on earth tonight just the same as they've always been. Hallelujah. And there he would say, my Lord, if I have found favor in thy sight, do you know it's grace that he would come among us? if i found favor don't pass me not away i pray thee from thy servant let let a little water i pray you be fetched and wash your feet and rest under the tree you haven't been here long you just come out of the out of the other dimensions and you pulled together the dust the 16 elements and you stepped into it but while you've walked here you've been walking through that hot sand Let me entertain you for a moment. Let me wash the feet of Jehovah. Let me have a servant's heart, a servant's attitude. Amen, he's here to investigate. He's looking for somebody that will entertain him. Angels will gather the elect from the four directions of the earth to do this. Angels will have to investigate. They're looking for sincere and honest hearts. They're looking for those that are zealous to repent. The angels are reapers, and and they're separating and gathering. And to do that, they have to look and investigate. Amen, so I wanted to say this. Just who is this that's appearing among us? Brother Brandon would tell us who it is. He said, it's the same Jesus. But this time, he's in bride form. Same power, same church, same thing, same word, the same Jesus. Hallelujah. The same God that manifested himself in a human body and disappeared a moment, that same God would manifest himself in a people, human flesh, in the form of the Holy Ghost, a believing people in the last days at the evening light. It's the Son of Man revealing himself in the Bride body. It's his appearing, but he is not using dust that he gathered up and had 16 elements and stepped into. Neither is he doing it the way way he did it with Mary. Come on. Listen, he had to do it that way at that time because there was nobody redeemed. The blood had not been shed. Come on, somebody. So what did he do? He had to gather dust. That's what he had to do, but now through the blood and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he is coming to dwell in your dust. Hallelujah, and he's gathering his dust. Some's from Louisiana, some's from Texas, some from Tennessee, some from Virginia. Amen. remember whatever, it's God's dust that he's gathering. And God's putting on a mask. And He's because God is going to dwell among his people. Brother Bradham said he's come in his visitations from Luther back to Wesley, then the Pentecostals, the tongues and the lips. And now it's in the prophetic eyes of Malachi 4. And now there is nothing else left for it to come, but for him himself to step into that. Hallelujah, that's what he's looking for tonight. He's looking for vessels. He's looking for people he can step into. That's what we ought to be saying tonight. God use my dust, use my dust. Step
0: into this dust, redeem this dust.
1: Brother Bradham said, the angel of the Lord is here tonight. He's Jehovah God in your flesh. He's Jehovah God in my flesh. That same God never dies. He just is real. Again, he says, I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of son of man in human flesh through the bride's body. Accept his call. Amen. He says, what is it? As he quotes Luke 17, 30, what is it? It's God, the Holy Spirit, dwelling among human flesh in these sanctified vessels. Amen. That the Son of God's blood cleansed by faith and God dwelling in these vessels, performing and carrying on the works of Jesus Christ, making him the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's what he's doing. He's looking for somebody that he can use your hands, use your feet, use your eyes, use your mind, come on, that the mind of Christ can be in God working in a bright body, performing the same miracles, the same holiness, the same word, the same power, the same in every detail except his corporal body, God manifested in flesh on the earth. The angels have come to find a bride for Christ. And they're investigating. They're asking the question, where you go, Rebecca? And in that day when Eliezer came and Eliezer prayed, Come on. And he prayed, Lord, let the one that is willing to water my camels, let, he, let that one be the bride for Isaac. And Brother Brandon said the angel of God got to Rebekah 30 minutes before Eliezer got there and said, Get down there to the well. Amen. You see, it's the evening time, and it's the evening time that the angel of God and the supernatural is revealing himself to Rebekah, the bride of Isaac. And somehow she was moved to get to the water of life. Hallelujah. Amen. Just think about it here tonight. Some of you have been out in sin. Some of you were out in the world. Some of you are prodigals. But why are you here tonight? Because the angel of God has moved on your heart to deal with you, to bring you to the waters of life. Hallelujah. And something began to move on her. I've got to get to the water. I've got to get down to the well. I've got to get where the water of life flows freely. And Brother Ben said, no more than your heart goes to hungering and thirsting for God. Some kind of a Holy Ghost revival will break out somewhere. The bride's revival is happening because God is gathering a bride a people for his name's sake. Rebecca would have to carry about five gallons of water at a time. To water 10 camels would be 300 gallons, 60 trips down to the well, amen. But with every step of it down there, walking down there, amen. Bending down, lifting up the heavy jar to shoulder, amen. Now, you know, she would have seen this 10 camels and they ever one drink, you know, about 30 gallons, so here you go, you know, and she was willing to make 60 trips. She had a heart of a servant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Brother Bradham told us exactly what that meant. He said it was a beautiful Rebecca watering the camels, watering the very thing that was going to take her to her bridegroom. That's what it is, and water and the camel represents power. And the church of the living God is rejoicing in water and watering the power of the Holy Ghost that'll pick her up someday and take her yonder to meet the bridegroom, Isaac, in the air. Hallelujah. The very camels that she watered, the very God we preach about the very Word which is God, the very God that's in the Word will raise us up one day, he says, by the baptism of the Holy Ghost that our critics, that are critics, are you with me, will be killed by the same power that raises you up to glory. Oh my, he said, rise up and ride on it. And he said, the way you water that camel is by giving praise and glory. Hallelujah. I say we ought to fill our camels up tonight. Amen. We ought to get it charged with the power of the living God. It's going to take us to our bridegroom. Rise up and ride on it. Everything, the praises of God, you're given to the word of God is the very thing that's going to take Rebecca to meet her Isaac. You know, sometimes we're always worried about our need. But what about his need? God means object of worship, and he has a need to be worshipped. Abraham bowed his head to the ground and said, let me wash your feet. Let me wash the dirt off of you. You know, in the sermon, is there anything too hard for the Lord? Brother Branham describes Sarah as in a bad mood. Now she represents the church. So does Abraham. Together they make a church. In the sermon there, he describes her being in a bad mood, you know. Here it was, angels were passing by, and he says, Sarah, Sarah, can I get out of the tent? Get over there and eat some bread. Make, make some unleavened bread. Oh, it's too hot. Yeah, it right. oh. It's too hot to be making unleavened bread, Abraham. Come on, come on. You got these visitors, and you want to make what? In the heat of the day, don't you know how hot Sodom is? Don't you know how much trouble there is in the age? And I'm just not in the mood to cook today. Oh, man, maybe some of you brothers can thank me after this. But I want to say it's just too hot. They're saying it's too hot to make unleavened bread for the appearance. I want to say it's too hot not to make unleavened bread. because there can't be the leaven and the bread that is offered to angels. It must be the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. But Sarah was in a bad mood. Sarah was about to miss it. But then he called her name. (laughs) Because he's determined you're not going to miss it. where is sarah thy wife you see god has come investigating looking for a sarah come on somebody he will call your name where is sarah thy wife she's in the tent you mean god's passing by and she's in the tent yep you mean we're over here and she's in there pouting She's indifferent. She's got a bad attitude. And she'll hear the promise instead of believing it. In this mood, she will doubt it. Oh, yeah. Boy, I don't believe in angels in this. I, I'll tell you, I, I, that's just a bunch of hoopla. Oh, you know, they, it's just a bunch of worked up people. You know, that's, that, that, that holy Ghost they talk about is just emotion. All right. In this mood, she will doubt it. It's too hard to believe why well, Abraham and I have been dead in our bodies for years now. It's too impossible. My, my breasts would never give milk. I, I don't have strength to bring forth. The power is gone. Whoa, we haven't had a revival in years and years and years. And besides that, we already got the word of promise. We got Ishmael. We've had all kinds of denominational moves in the message, return ministry and Coleman Thunders and Two Souls and Perusia and Cape Only, but none of them have produced the promised son. All they do is produce wild men that won't be subject to the word of God. Well, Brother Tim, but all the promises have already been fulfilled because we now have a perfect word and we can't have those kind of service anymore. This is too hard to believe. We've given up a long time ago thinking we can have uh, uh, an experience with God like that. This is impossible. Power of God living in us till we speak with other tongues? Why well, you? 99% of message believers have never had a supernatural experience like that. The desire for the supernatural is long gone. You know, Abraham and I don't, don't even have a love affair anymore. There's no pleasure with my Lord. We're just content with the child of a bondswoman just going to church, a denominational life, filling a pew, paying her tithes. Just believe in the message and saying God sent a prophet. That's all we know about the Holy Ghost. Besides that, I'm too old. I can never feel a baby kick. I could never put up with it disturbing me. Jumping and dancing and shouting around in my womb. My nerves are shocked. I don't want none of them screaming, hollering, blabbering, Acts 2 miserable creatures. Why, noise makes me nervous. I can't have none of them old-fashioned, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled child born of the Spirit, screaming, hollering, shouting, praising God. Well, that would upset our church order around here. I'm too set in my ways by now. It might keep me up all night praying. It might turn the church into an all-night prayer meeting. And i got my rerun on a TV show on YouTube to watch tonight. A true picture of the modern church today. Neither does the modern church want any of these screaming, shouting, tongue speaking, Acts 2.38 youngins around her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She don't want any of them whooping and crying and screaming. Amen, hallelujah. Oh, no, I'm too old for that. A kid running around here, it'd keep me up at night. We don't want no emotion, goodness, no. Somebody's slain in the spirit. Why well, we won't have them kind of tantrums around here. And Jesus, the promised son, is ushered out of his own church. I say God changed our attitude from that bad mood by being zealous to repent. Amen, so I will not be lukewarm. I will not be indifferent. I will not be unenthused. I won't be in a careless attitude, but let me be zealous, not laid back or hiding out, pouting in the tent, saying it's just too hot and there's too many trials, but at the tent door, looking for his appearing, God is up to something and I can't afford to miss him. Sarah hears it, you're going to have a baby. You mean a new birth like they had on the day of Pentecost? You mean children born? You mean, and she's snickering, and she's (laughs) laughing in her tent at unbelief at how ridiculous it will be for her breasts to be renewed and bring milk and nursement for newborn babies but we don't preach baby stuff here. And to think that she would have pleasure with her Lord and enter again to the bloom and spark in her marriage, like that of a newlywed. Oh, it's silly to think I'll ever have my first love back like it was when he first kissed my heart. That's been gone a long time ago with me and Abraham. You know, it's really silly to think an old crabbed arthritic church will dance again. That there'll be a sparkle in them old dim eyes and a spring in her step. That there would be revival. That there would be life put into her dead faith and a new hope in God's power. And she can believe that there is nothing, nothing too hard for the Lord. Hallelujah! Glory to God, we gotta have a people that come back to believe again. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. No cancer, no demon, no diabetes, no porn problem, no sin problem. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. That. It's happening under the oak trees in Mamre, where a bride tree has been restored. Do you think an appearing in a feast for the Lord where we entertain him can happen under a tree that the pommel worm, the canker worm, the caterpillar and the, and all of that has already eaten it down to a snag and all it has become is a buzzard roost. A buzzard roost and church has become a cage of every unclean and hateful bird and all kinds of sin sitting in the pew. No, it's got to be under oak tree where he is restored there is joy back in the church there's leaves on the tree hallelujah there's fruit on the tree amen there's joy in the camp and when the wind blows there the leaves clap their hands Amen. When the, and the trees get deeper roots and the holy ghost moves in the church coming to church saying, mm, there's no such thing as divine healing. Oh, it's all gone. Days of miracles are past and God's just pouring out his spirit right over the members anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. And as he do, does that, they say that's fanaticism. and But there's a young crop, a restored crop. They got leaves on them and the wind blows. they cry hallelujah they lift up holy hands to god they worship they praise him hallelujah they got a lifeline of faith they got true doctrine. Uh, they got true doctrine but oh today you know the bark gets eaten off the tree by the bugs of hell hey, Amen. i'm trying to find a way to get here but you know Someone say, well, Brother Tim, you see, we got bark. We got doctrine. Why, the seals have been opened to us, and we have all the mystery truths. Do you now, Sarah? You sure don't act like it. In a bad mood, surly, bitter, angry at life, Laodicea, lukewarm, cold, formal. Let me just tell you, let me just tell you what happens when the book is open. Oh, Revelation five and eight. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and 20 elders fell down before the lamb. Woo, have every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song. They didn't sing songs of their bondage. They didn't sing songs of their failure. They didn't sing songs of unbelief. They were singing a new song. Amen. For thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals. For thou was slain and has redeemed us to God by Thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us under God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. Hallelujah! When the Lamb opened the book, it brought in a time of worship. And verse 11 said, And I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, the beasts, the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times thousands, thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven on the earth and under the earth and such as in the sea. And all of them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sat on the throne to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and the twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. See, revelation is supposed to have stimulation in it. It's the wine of revelation, remember? Sarah says, I'm too old for that. It's just emotion. And Brother Brandon says, and the scientific theory of this modern so-called religious groups have tried to prove this blessed thing that we have called the Holy Spirit is only emotion. Well, see, it just don't stand up to their scientific theory. Well, I would like to ask them what makes them change. What makes the drunkard stop drinking? What makes the prostitute cease her evil life? What makes the cancer and the diseases depart from the people? And the dead, deaf and dumb and blind, and the dead to raise up. Explain that. Is that emotion? It has emotion with it. Certainly. 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 Anything that's alive has emotion, and anything that doesn't have emotion is dead. Excuse the expression, but I think we ought to bury some of our emotionless religion then, because it's dead. It has no emotion in Any religion that has no emotion should be buried, uh-huh, because it is emotional. Oh, if I were you, I would constrain him tonight. I'd say, come by my pew. Amen. Amen. And then to the point when them on the road to Emmaus, they begged him to come in. Amen and amen. I'm trying to get through to a place where I can find a resting place for you. Amen. You can be seated for a minute. I'm not through. Part one is complete. Part two. Oh my, just think about that. You know, Abraham washed his feet. He got water to wash his feet. He was entertaining Jehovah. I know of another woman that the Bible speaks and said, it'll be a memorial and it'll be told all over the world here in the end time. Did you know Brother Branham preached that sermon on Jesus with dirty feet? Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Amen, he preached it all over the country. He started with pride in his own church and our, our, actually in Cornersville, Indiana, they're near his own church. He, he, uh, he, he got into a, a lot of different things, you know, Um, that he he would preach it on about that woman with dirty feet. He said, we've got to entertain Christ. But you know, again, Sarah wasn't in the mood for this. When the angel tells her, she's doubting. I want you to understand something. I want to just read just a few little quotes about this because you see, here's the thing. A lot of times we look at him and we say, well, the bride gets out of step. And the bride did get out of step in the vision, right? But that did not make them non-bride. God didn't give up on them. So what did he do? The prophet screams out, get back in step. And he said, I saw her get back in step. And when the world went down, the others went down, this one went up. Somebody with me now? Amen, now I want you to think about this because you see, Sarah, Sarah represents a part of the church that wasn't under expectation. And she laughed at the promise and then lied in the face of God saying, no, I never laughed. But I want you to understand, God can't leave her out. He's coming looking for faith, but finding none, he's going to give her the faith. He's got to turn her heart back to believing again. Do you hear what I'm saying? God ain't giving up on you because he found something wrong with you this God is appearing to turn you around. To give you a heart to believe because the church is going to be there without Spot Rica. The grace of God will do that. It'll have to do that. He said like he talked to Abraham and when Sarah doubted him, he would have slayed, slew Sarah right then for her doubting because that's the worst sin there is is unbelief and the only sin, and she doubted and laughed within herself when the angel discerned her through the tent. Is that right? But why couldn't he take Sarah? Because she was a part of Abraham. He would have to take Abraham too, and we're a part of Jesus when we're in the body of Christ. Our unbeliefs are excused if we do it ignorantly like she did, for she was scared. You know, we get scared, it might not be real. We get scared, this could be a false hope. We get scared, well, you know, what will other people say about us? But he can't take her without putting a faith in her and he can't just abandon her and just go get another woman. He's gotta get Sarah on board. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. said she could even come forth and tried to deny it. God would have destroyed her upon that if she hadn't been part of Abraham. And a lot of times our unbelief would destroy us if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus Christ. God can't destroy us now because the blood of Jesus Christ keeps God off of us we're part of christ just as sarah was a part of abraham for we are the bride of christ and we people who's born of the spirit of god ought to wake up and get out of our stews and watch for the supernatural sign of the coming of the lord jesus his signs that he's promised now brother Branham brings us down to individuals and in abraham's covenant confirmed he said now listen i want to drop this in because i believe the holy spirit told me to do it You may be sitting there, which some of you are, I know you are, disagreeing with me right now. Now I could call your name if you want me to, so I know that. But I also can see farther than that, that you're gonna believe it one of these days. may be your husband, that may be your wife, that may be your children, that may be your loved one. Disagreeing right now, but rather being cursed by the prophet of God, I can see further than that. You're going to believe. You know why? Because God is not gonna give up on you. He said Sarah disbelieved and God would have rubbed her name off. But he couldn't do it. <laughs> Amen. He couldn't do it. She's a part of Abraham. And and then he, he said, and if you're not really, and if you're not being If you're really not been excited or worked up an emotion not got some church creed but really received the holy ghost and you're really part of christ and a little skeptic in your mind god will not shove you off of that from that because he can't you're part of christ he will bring you to the truth Oh, he said, I hope you people catch it, you people that believe in God's grace. Right then, God would have slew that woman of her unbelief. He wouldn't have fooled with her another minute. But he said he couldn't do it because she's a part of Abraham. He would have to take Abraham with us. And that's where grace comes in. All mistakes are errors. God holds us because we're part of Christ. The grace of God holding us. Oh, amazing grace. How sweet the sound. He could not take Sarah because if he did, he would have to strike Abraham with it. He cannot take the church in all of its mistakes. It is still his church. He can't take it because he's got to take Christ. She's a part of Christ. She becomes flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone and all our ins and outs and unbeliefs and so forth and scruples as long as she's in that body, her ups and downs, but the grace of God still holds her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me get down down here just for a minute. Now let's just look at this. Here we are here now in the very appearing of Jesus Christ. Here he's coming by his church. Let me just go over this for a minute. Brother Branham would talk about entertaining Christ. And he would talk about... In the message, Pride, the meanest man I know, the meanest man in Santa Maria, the meanest man in town, he would entitle it Jesus with Dirty Feet. Uh, you know, Jesus keeps all of his appointments. And the worst sinner in town, and the worst sinner in town was not the prostitute. The worst sinner in town was the Pharisee who wouldn't wash his feet who let Jesus sit with dirty feet. Come on, church, amen. And he talks about that woman and how she got to him. And he said, I remember when I got to him, she got hysterical, I got hysterical. He said, I wept and I cried and I shouted, I even spoke in tongues, I did all kinds of things. Pharisees, they criticize and they disbelieve. They're the worst sinners in town. The meanest man in the city. The meanest man in Santa Maria. But this woman who has washed by my feet, who has entertained me, who has anointed me with oil, who has kissed my feet, who has washed them with her tears, who has dried it with her, her hair, this woman, all her sins, which are many, are all forgiven. Now, what was Brother Brandon telling us that Jesus is going to be the rejected Christ, and the last place he's going to be rejected is in his own church. To be on the outside knocking, yeah. unentertained, unwelcomed. Right, right. And Brother Branham tells us he said the Jews' dispensation went out and the Gentile came in because the Jews made fun of the upper room experience and the coming of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And he said the Gentiles will go out the same way with them making fun of the Pentecostal experience and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he said the gospel will turn from the Gentiles back to the Jews. And he preaches this in the Laodicean church age, Jesus with dirty feet, the Messiah rejecting. Now we're here in this last day, this is the last place he will be rejected. Go and listen to Laodicean church age. The Gentiles will be cut off by rejecting. He said, Jews condemned themselves by blaspheming the Holy Ghost, calling the spirit of God an unclean thing. They made fun of him when they were dancing the spirit on the day of Pentecost. This is our message. The message to the angel of the church of Laodicea right? And he said, the same thing will happen It's what happened with the original tree. He said, remember, we're the grafted tree. Because they disbelieved the Pentecostal message that Paul was preaching. And how much more in this day when we are rejecting the Pentecostal message that's come down through the church ages, how much more is God able to take that old wild tree off anyway and let another come in because he will reject it because of their unbelief. The Gentile church will be rejected but God will get a bride. Don't forget. And Jesus, he said, ain't gonna stand outside your door all the time and knock all the time. No, you better let him in. He said, he said, don't you compromise with anything less than the baptism of the Holy Ghost like they got at Pentecost with the same type of water baptism, same things they did there. Don't you let nothing, put anything in your heart less than that. Now, so they, I'm just I'm just, I'm just, giving you some of these things now. Let's come down. To Sarah, the church laughed. This is ridiculous. Me and old woman, gonna have revival, gonna bring forth a child. It's past. We, you know, even Abraham said, let Ishmael live before you. You know, And Sarah laughed, and God would have killed her for lying in his face. Now let's look at just another thing. Hagar, at the same time, and her son Ishmael made sport and laughed at the promised son at Isaac's weaning. And what happened to them? Are you with me? What happened to them? They were cast out for laughing at the promise. And they will laugh at the Holy Ghost. They will laugh at his gift. They will laugh at speaking in tongues and healings and workings of miracles and mock the word of knowledge. They will laugh and, and scorn at its inspired preaching. They will laugh at the revealed mysteries and for laughing the Bond's woman and her son will be cast out. But I want to talk about Sarah's last laugh. And this time God doesn't rebuke her for laughing. No rebuke this time. Genesis 21 verse 6. And I'm closing. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh so that all that hear me will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age.
0: Hallelujah. This is Sarah's last laugh.
1: She don't get rebuked for it. Her name had been associated with barrenness a long time, that barren woman, that barren woman, Sarah. But that's not your name anymore, Sarah. Princess is your name. Hallelujah. You're the mother of a new race. And our name isn't barren anymore. We are not the mother of stillborn children who claim the message and their lives are dead in sin. And God said, I want you to name this boy Laughter. And I don't believe it was because Sarah giggled and laughed at the ridiculous promise of an old woman having pleasure with her husband again. I believe it was because God made them to laugh when the fulfillment of the promise that God brought the promise to pass. There's an old proverb that said, He that lasts, lasts, lasts laughs last, laughs
0: best. He that laughs last, laughs
1: best. And I just want you to know, I'm already starting to laugh. Hallelujah, God is making his church to laugh over cancer, to laugh over brain bleeds, to laugh over alopecia, to laugh over diabetes, to laugh over sin. He's making me laugh when I see sons and daughters of God and the Spirit of God poured out upon him. He makes me to laugh. When I see young and old so overcome till they speak in a heavenly language, he makes me to laugh when I see the devil of pornography bound and dead and young people living an overcoming life. That makes me to laugh. But I'm about to have the last laugh. That bright and cloudless morning, when the dead and Christ arise and the glory of His resurrection chair, Hallelujah! I'm about to have the last laugh. I'm gonna laugh when I see my wife Karen in a new body, young and healthy. I'm gonna laugh when I see Charlie Spencer and I see Homer Fraser dancing together.
2: I'm going
0: to lie. Hallelujah. I'm going to look
1: at the new clothes of my new body, and I'm going to run, and I'm going to dance, and I'm going to shout. Hallelujah, we're going to dance like little children. We're going to have the last laugh. We'll laugh over sin. We will laugh over the devil. We will laugh over Sodom. And we'll say goodbye, world, goodbye. Ahead and start laughing now. Start rejoicing now. Start thanking God now.
0: this laugh, this laugh that I have, this laugh that I have, this laugh that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. Well, this laugh that I have, oh, on you oh I'm telling you right now
3: we've entertained an angel we've washed his feet
0: he's came down from his glory and we broke our alabaster box sister Lily it's time to pour out your praise on him
3: God had me up early this morning And I got to a point in my prayer When I found I wasn't going to find no sleep And I said, God, it's come to a spot That I'm not going to ask you for it I'm going to praise you for it He's already supplied your needs, Sister Anna He's already supplied everything you have need of It's just time that you praise him for it
0: The cancer's already gone. The sugar's already gone. The blood paid the price for it. Your healing is already in the room. since the same Time.
2: I don't believe it'll be very long. We'll be seeing our Arch- theophanies. Alph- the Y'all sing it with me. And one day I'm
0: gone to take a step towards my
3: It's time to speak. You're in his presence.
0: You've watered. You've
3: watered. Rebecca, it's time to see
0: your eyes. I'm aboard my children
3: you have watered me and I have given you with abundant grace that is your satisfying portion to take you to your destination He's investigating your faith just now. Let his presence draw you. Let his anointing call you. And let his election position you. what you have waited on is right at your door. He's here. cleanse us. Wash us by the water you've Word Just worship him right there. too far son that same holy angel is here you've not crossed the line the grace of almighty God is here Critical spirit, now's the time to wash that. You're in His presence. Let Him wash you of that. He'll forgive you of that critical spirit. Maybe He said, Oh, He'll out of place. He'll forgive you that. Speaking about tonight, this is the mighty angel, his gifts are in his body. The demonstration of the Holy Ghost is here, sister Lord. While he's here, let's get another one in his presence. The blending dimensions do you see when he spoke when you started talking about your theophany because he knows just around the next turn in the hill not just one victory Because you said the right word, little brother.
2: Last year, I was here. Just put an E flat. And I was ministering on a thought on God that answers. Standing right here in this pulpit, speaking about when the three Hebrew children were walking into the fire, there was a God who was watching. And He was mindful of their situation, He saw exactly where they were at. And I was standing right there, right there on that little platform, and I was beginning to speak about it. And behind me, my iPad had went completely blank. And I began to speak. And it was the prophet's voice. Interestingly, it was out of a sermon, The Worst Sinner in the City. And his voice began to speak, and he said, My favorite hymn... My friend, Brother Booth Cliburn, wrote that on his knees by inspiration in a cornfield one night with a pasteboard pieces in the bottom of his shoes for soles on his shoes. Said he sold it for $100 and he's taken the copyright of that song. But that's my favorite of the hymns. It expresses the extreme deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Especially in a day like this when they try to make him just a prophet. But he was more than a prophet. He was God. The Lord would give me a very real assurance. He was with me. I would go home and I would fly home in just a few weeks and my mom would go back into the hospital and she would never come out again. But as I went into her room, she hadn't spoke for almost 18, 24 hours. In an almost comatose situation in her, her life, me and my dad walked in that room and we began to talk to her and she just kind of looked at us. We prayed for her and he dad went into the into the into the restroom and I just looked at her and I got right down in her face. I said, "Mom, I said I come to tell you, he has come down and he's with us in this fire." And out of her mouth she began to sing these words, "Down from His glory." This is a song Brother Brennan was talking about. Down from His glory, every living story. My God and Savior came, and Jesus. Wasn't, she hadn't spoken 18 hours, but she began to sing this song to me. Born in a manger to his only a stranger, a man of sorrows, tears, and agony. But oh, how I love him. Oh, how I adore him. My breath, my sunshine, my all in all. The great creator became my Savior. Became my Savior. And all God's fullness dwelleth in him. This is what we have witnessed tonight. He's come down from his glory. Oh, down from his glory. ever story. My God and Savior came. Oh, and Jesus was his name born in a manger to his own, a stranger, a man of sorrow. Oh my How many is here to wash his feet now? Oh Redemption, holy death, that is the dead of night. Oh, not one faint hope inside, but one faint hope inside. Oh, but God gracious. That's right. He laid aside, he laid aside. Oh, his splendor. Oh, stupid to woe, to win, to save, or oh, to save, to save my. his substance, he took the form of man, he revealed the hidden plan. just saw a prodigal come back to God.
3: Welcome home, son, welcome home, welcome home. He's here to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever
0: ask or think according to the power that worketh in us hallelujah welcome home welcome home
3: he left the 99 to get one but when he brought him back but when he brought him back he didn't whip him he created a party and he said children he gathered all the community in and said, It's a time to
0: rejoice. I have found my lost sheep. I have found my lost sheep. I came for this one, and I'm not going back without them. Welcome home, son.
3: To ask for. There ain't nothing too hard for our Lord. There is nothing too hard. What we've witnessed right here. Man said was impossible. That's right. But with God. That's right. But with God. With God, all things are possible. He's investigated this church tonight and he has found a people full of favor and faith. Give him praise. Give him praise, all you children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're right here. And you don't have to leave His presence. He'll go with you. He'll get in the car with you. He'll go to your hotel room with you. He'll drive you home. I wouldn't stop worshiping him if I was you. I'd stay at his feet all throughout the night. And when you get back here at 11 o'clock in the morning, you'll be right at his feet. Ruth, you've laid at his feet all night long. It's time that he cast his skirt over you. Welcome home. Welcome home. Adriana, won't you come sing it for us? I will bring you back home on my children. We've got a few others that we're praying for while Sister Adriana comes and sings this song tonight. After this, we'll be dismissed. Lord willing, let's just worship him just a little bit longer while these others receive their blessing.
4: daughters of Zion, O oh, Abraham's sons, hear the words of your father, hear his promise of love, I will make you count the stars if you can you will be a great nation i will give you this land
3: Tonight, out on the tables there are some things for our visitors if you would like a, it's just a little snack bag there's no drinks or anything but if you would like a snack bag it's there for our visitors only there's no way we could repay you but I believe our Lord has tonight what we've witnessed here tonight is heaven on earth? Amen. 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 We're gonna dismiss you row by row as the brothers dismiss you. We'll we we'll sing. We'll go reverently. There there are souls that are still being touched here tonight. We'll dismiss you and as you leave, just go off the go off the hill. You know you know this by now being here all these years, but as soon as you go out of our parking lot, then take an immediate right and then head back to Harrisonburg you have to take a U-turn right there so just be careful entering the highway but as you go tonight go in the name of the Lord come expecting in the morning be praying for our precious brother Donnie Reagan we have one more service (laughs) Are you coming expecting in the morning? Amen. God bless you as you go in
0: the name of the Lord.